ask that you bear with me just a little bit here because I, I feel like God's shifting my gears a little bit this morning. I, uh, I feel led to, I, I know I, I had prepared and planned to talk about um, the miracles of Jesus and we're going to get to that. But I really feel like God is, is putting something else on my heart for this morning just through worship and through what he has said and and I'm just shifting my gears here a little bit here and we're going to be looking in Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to read verse number 7 Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 7 I, I really when you got it, please stand so we know you're there. It probably won't be on the screen at this point, but that's okay. It's just one verse this morning, and I don't know how long this will take. I don't know exactly where it's going. I'm just obeying God this morning and what he's putting on my heart to share. He's given me the verse, and he's given me a couple thoughts, and it may just be a few thoughts, and that's it for this morning, but I'm just going to trust the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7. It says this, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Heavenly Father, I just pray this morning, God, that you would just anoint my lips to preach this word. God, you know where you want to go with this. And so, God, I just surrender to you this morning. God, open our hearts and our minds. God, that you would just speak to us today. Pour a fresh word into us. God, we love you and we believe that you have something good for us today. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. This, this verse comes out of Hebrews 11, like we just read. This chapter of the Bible is known as the faith chapter, or some people call it the hall of faith, because it's just a list of, of people, person after person. Abraham, Noah, like we just read, Abel, Enoch, all these, all these different people that throughout history and Scripture uh, walked with God, experienced God doing amazing, powerful things. And everything they did was by faith. Everything they did was by faith. They, they did things, they, they didn't actually get to ever see the total fruition of the promise of God and being Jesus, but they saw God doing incredible things that their, their obedience and their part that they played was, was integral in leading up to God bringing forth his plan. And this person of Noah that we're just reading about is somebody who lived in a time back in Genesis where the world was full of evil. God himself even said, I regret creating man because of the evil and the corruption that was running rampant at this time. And so God finds Noah, the only person in the whole world that God has said is righteous. 
He's the only one. The Bible said that Noah was walking with God. And, and Noah was the only one who was able to find favor. In this world of corruption, in this world where evil was rampant, where people were doing whatever they wanted to do, God looks at Noah and he says, I'm willing to spare you and your family because of your faithfulness and your obedience to me. And so he gives Noah instructions to build an ark. He tells Noah, I want you to build an ark. I'm going to send a flood. I, I love what Hebrews 11 verse 7 says here. Is, is because it says, uh, by faith being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. Nobody at this point in time had any idea what a flood was. It had not happened yet. This wasn't only the great flood, it was the only flood. It was the first flood of this time. So by faith, Noah is listening to God, and, and God is telling him, a flood is coming, build an ark. Not only does he not know what a flood is, he has no idea what an ark is. No clue. He's never had to build one before. It wasn't necessary for life. And if you read back in Genesis, God gives him the instructions on how to build it. He tells him to use gopher wood. He tells him the size. He tells him the rooms and, and what to do with all. He gives him instructions as he goes. And, and what God is laying on my heart this morning, I believe, is he's trying to tell us something. He, he spoke through tongue and interpretation. I believe that he's even spoken through what Sister Debbie's saying this morning about what he's wanting to do in this city. I believe that what we're doing, our, our faithfulness to what we're building, we're not just building a church, we're building an ark. Come on. Come on. We're, we're, we're building something that, that is, we don't really know exactly what it looks like because we've never done it before. You see, God doesn't change, but, and, and I, I think I said this last week, there, there are things that are new to us, but they're not new to Him. God knew what a flood was. God knew what an ark was. Noah didn't. But by faith, Noah obeyed God. And he followed God's instructions along the way. And he began to build something that he really didn't know what it was going to look like when it was finished. He had the instructions. He, he, he had what God had kind of shown him and told him. But, but if we're going to be real about it, he probably didn't understand exactly what it would look like. He had an idea, and he just began to build. And, and, if, and, and I truly believe that along this journey, it doesn't tell us this in Scripture, but I think if we're just real about human nature, and we're just real about uh, processes and procedures of how things work, I really believe that there were times as Noah was building where God had to like tell him, like, no, this nail goes there, this board goes here, that you got to fix this over here. He was following as he went. I don't, I don't think God just dropped a blueprint in front. He told him, this size, this, these many rooms, all of this. And, and that was a summary of what it really was. Has anybody ever been down to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky? I've driven by it. I haven't actually been to it and been inside of it yet. It's on my to-do list to be able to go do that sometime. But I've seen pictures of it. I've, I've driven by it and seen the outside of it. It is massive. It, it is a recreation 
of what they believe based on historical findings and, and what the Scripture teaches. It is a recreation of what it would have looked like, what they believe it would have looked like. It is massive. It was no small task that he was building. And it wasn't like Noah had all the help in the world to build this thing. The world was corrupt. I don't think the world really was very interested in what God had said and what God had commanded. If they were so concerned about it, they wouldn't have been in this position in the first place. So this world just is living wild. Noah was was by himself. He had his sons, and I, and I believe his sons were helping him along the way. But at some point, I, I imagine these sons looked at him and said, what, what are we doing with this? What in the world? Why are we building? This is crazy. What is a flood? What does that even mean? And, and I can just imagine what Noah said back to them. I'm taking a little liberty here, but I don't think I'm reaching too far with this. Is I believe that Noah just would simply answer that with, Son, I wish I could tell you, I'm just doing what God said to do. I'm just obeying God. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what it's actually going to look like when it's totally done. I'm just following God's leading and His voice and doing what He told me to do. So he builds this ark. He, it, you know, it, it not only, it's, it's never even rained on the earth up until this point. So you want to add a little bit of weight to all that. At this point in time, I, I believe it's in Genesis chapter 2. It talks about how the land was watered with mist and dew. It, 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 didn't, it, it didn't rain. And so he, he's going on all these things that God has said that he has never seen God do before in his life. He's walking by faith. He is open to whatever God wants to do. You see, I believe what God's trying to tell us this morning is we are all on this journey together. We, this, like I said earlier, that we are not building a, a church. We're building an ark. It's for the saving of your household. It's for the saving of my household. It's for the saving of this community's household. You see, by faith, we're, we're taking it one step at a time. We're taking it one nail at a time. We're taking it one board at a time. We're working together to build this ark for the saving of our households. Because I believe that there is a flood coming. The Bible teaches us, it talks about the days of Noah in the New Testament. It compares it to the end times. It talks about how there's a day coming where the door's going to be shut. And there won't be any more opportunity. And, and, I, and I believe what God is telling us is time's running short. And I've never really been an end times kind of preacher. I've never really been the kind of guy who gets up here and wants to hammer that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. You better repent. Jesus is coming back. And I've heard that preaching my whole life. And I do believe he's coming back and he's coming back soon. But I heard that preaching at, you know, five years old. I'm going to be 29 next month. And so, like, 
however many years that is, I've heard it, and it's like, well, it's been 24 years and still hasn't come back, so when is he coming back? I don't know. It could be for another 100 years. But what we do now sets the tone for what happens for generations to come. We're not building just for ourselves. Someday you will leave this earth, someday I will leave this earth. What will be left behind? It's for the saving of his household. You see, this ark saved the generations that came after him. Because Noah and his family were the only ones left after the flood went away. There, there, that was it. It was their job. They had the same instruction Adam and Eve had to be fruitful and multiply. That saving of that household is saved the generations that came after them. It's not about us as much as it is about what's coming after us. There's a mentality that I've seen in culture. You hear it in a lot of different arenas, political arenas and and all that, where people say, I don't really care what happens. I'm not going to be here. A lot of it has to do with climate change. You know, they say in like thousands of years, the ozone's going to be gone and everything's going to burn up and, and whatever and all this, and people will will have the attitude of, well, I'm not going to be around. What does it matter to me? I I refuse to take that position when it comes to spiritual matters. I'm not trying to be political with that. I'm, I'm just trying to give you the sentiment that we cannot allow ourselves to be complacent because we aren't going to be here. Why do we care what the world looks like? There's too many people that sit in the house of God every week, week in and week out, that are just sitting back waiting on the flood to come, waiting on their chance to get out of here, and have ignored the fact that there are generations that are still going to be left behind. That's why it's such a burden to me that we have a place for children here, for youth, for young people. That's why it's such a burden to me. I love all generations. All generations are important. But there comes a point in time that it's time for you to stop being the one being fed and start doing the feeding. Oh, there it is. There There comes a point in time where where you got to stop just looking at blueprints and pick up a hammer. And, And you guys have been so faithful in that. But what I believe God is trying to tell us this morning is that it's getting more and more urgent as the time goes on. And he's confirming that what we're doing is good. But I think he's also trying to tell us this morning that, that there is so much more beyond what we could even fathom that he's trying to do in this church and in this community. It's for events as yet unseen. There are things that are happening in the earth today that if you talk to people who have been around a while have said, man, things didn't used to be that way when I was a kid. I look, I was just a youth pastor for five years. And, and I graduated high school in 2012. And so from that, from 2012, 2013 era, I was started working within youth ministry, volunteering and all of that. And from like just being one or two years out to now being, I don't even know how many years out, 10 years or so out of school, there has been such a drastic shift in what is happening in the culture within the schools and within young people. 
Like, change happens at such a rapid pace in our world today. I, I, I was just talking with Mackenzie the other day. We, were, we saw a commercial for the new iPhone that came out. I'm like, didn't they just release the other one, like, three months ago? Why do they already have another one out? And then they talk about all the new technological advancements that, that come with that. It's crazy to me how fast things change and how, things, how fast things progress. And there are things that when you look at Scripture and when it talks about the end times and getting close to Jesus coming back, that, that we see that it's almost like the pace is picking up. It's like a snowball effect where it's like 10 years ago we saw these things and I, people were worried about, uh, at one point in time, people were worried about debit cards being the mark of the beast. There's, there's times where barcodes on your box of cereal was, was like, oh, I see how that's going to be the mark of the beast. And, and like, those were the things we were concerned about, and, and those were the things we were looking at. But now we see just all these other things compounding on each other. We see the, the, the loss of love for one another. We see disunity in our world. We, we see hatred. We see violence. We see people who, who no longer endure sound teaching, but instead look for somebody who's going to tickle their ears. And so we, we, we've, we've lost our love of the truth in the world. And although we may, we may not quite be at where it was in Noah's day and age, the Bible tells us it will be like that. I believe it's not talking just about the flood coming. It's talking about the way the people will be in the world. And God is telling us today, are we, asking us today, are we going to be the remnant that stays and builds the ark? Are we going to be the, the remnant that, that works together to build an ark for the saving of our households? It was by faith Noah did this. It, you could go through Hebrews 11, and I'm not going to, and, and read all the different acts of faith, but, but this one is so powerful to me because there was so much unknown, yet he went forward anyway. I don't know what's going to happen in the world tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in a week or in a month. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I imagine that Noah maybe felt the same way about the world he was in. It like probably sat back and said, this just keeps getting worse and worse. And it wasn't like it only took him a week to build the ark. And it wasn't like he was getting any younger as he was doing it. I believe he was about 600 years old when it was done. I'm, I'm going to be 29 next month. I'm complaining about how my knees hurt. I can't imagine being in your middle 500s trying to build an ark. It, it, it's, it blows my mind. Traditionally, it's taught that it took about 120 years for him to build the ark. I think with some of the other studies I've read, I tend to think it was more close to about 80 years total to build the ark. If you factor in, you know, God told said to himself, I'm not going to endure man for 120 years. 
past 120 years, saying a flood's coming in 120 years, but then you think maybe there's a little bit of time before he spoke to Noah, maybe not, but then Noah's sons were married and all of that during all of this time, so you figure they got to grow up, and if you factor in all of that, some of the other studies I've seen have been 80 years. Either way, if it was 120 years, if it was 80 years, that's a long time. That's a long time to be faithfully obedient And it's a lot of work that he did. It's not building an ark, and now I'm talking about us, building an ark is not something that happens overnight. It takes patience, it takes endurance, it takes perseverance, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of sweat, it takes a lot of tears takes a lot of prayer. And it takes a lot of faith. Because it's, it's easy to look at the world and, and question, why are we even doing this? You see how crazy it is out there? It's easy to look at ourselves and, and say, is it really going to be worth it? How many people do we really think are going to get saved? Nobody cares about God anymore. God didn't ask you to, to figure that part out. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It, our job isn't to figure out how to draw the people. Our job is to figure out how to lift him up. When we lift Jesus up, he will do the drawing. We just have to be a people and a place that glorifies Christ above all things. I refuse to be a church that lets anything else take the place of Christ. I refuse to be a man that allows anything else to take the place of Christ. I want everything that I do to exalt Christ. You see, when, when, I, when I talk, and, and that scripture says, and Jesus says, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, it, it go, it's not just what happens in these walls, it's what happens in your cubicle. It's what happens in your part of the assembly line. It's what happens in, in, in the vehicle. If you drive some, a, a bus, then it's what happens there. If Christ is lifted up in your life, people will be drawn to him. I'll never forget, I was, I believe I was 16, 17 years old. I worked on a farm through the summer, but I needed something through the winter. I worked at Subway. And this isn't me patting myself on the back. This is just an example for you guys to, to consider for yourselves. But I remember, I'm just making sandwiches. I'm not, I'm not singing hymns. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm, I'm not standing on a box in the back room yelling and preaching to people coming into the restaurant. I'm making a sandwich, and I'm just being kind to people. I'm just trying to, to be a good employee. That, that's all I'm doing. And a lady is in line. And as she's coming through, she stops and she just looks at me. As I'm getting the bread ready, and all, she just looks at me and she goes, what church do you go to? I've never seen this lady before in my life. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, what was that? She goes, what church do you go to? I said, I, I go to this such and such church. At the time, it was an Assembly of God church in town. And, and she goes, and I just asked, I said, how, do you go there? How, how do you know? I, and she goes, no, I don't go there. She goes, sometimes you can just tell. She goes, there's just something that you're doing, something about you that, that just lets me know that you love Christ. 
And, and that's not me patting myself on the back because I'm not. It wasn't like I was intentionally like I'm going to do all these extra things. I'm going to I'm going to throw a banner up that says I love Jesus. I wasn't wearing a WWJD bracelet. I, I wasn't. I was just wearing my work uniform, making sandwiches. And, and it, something happened. With, I don't know what it was. I wish I could tell you. But, I, but what I can tell you is that the way you live your life will draw people to the ark. You see, there are so many people that, that on the day the rain started falling, really began to question everything, I would imagine. I, I, I would think that all of a sudden they, they've seen this. This ark is huge. People saw it. There's no way Noah hid this thing. There's no way it was done in secret. Massive ark. People saw it, pro- probably ridiculed Noah, probably said, what are you doing? And he probably told them, you know, there's rain coming, there's a flood coming, God told me. And they probably laughed at him and probably mocked him. But all of a sudden, when they felt that first raindrop on their head, they probably came running to that ark. They probably said, hold on a second here. This is, rain. this is something. They didn't know it was called rain. It said water is falling from the sky. That's never happened before. We talked to this guy Noah who's building this giant ark, whatever that is, and, and he said there's a flood coming. It's gonna, God's going to wipe out the earth. And they probably started running to get there. They probably said there is something to all this. But unfortunately for them, at that point, it was too late. Noah and all of God's creation that he had instructed him to take onto the ark was on there, and the Bible says God closed them in. It breaks my heart to think that there are people who are going to be on the outside of the ark when the flood comes. The scripture says that, it's sad, it breaks my heart, but the reality of it is and the truth of it is is that there are people that there are people who will never come to know Christ. But I don't want that to happen because of a lack of my effort. I don't want it to be because I never told them. I don't want it to be because I never lived a life that glorified Christ. I want to do everything I can do to warn people and to let people know that there is a God. He's coming back. And there's a place on the ark for you. That's the beautiful thing about the new covenant. Is that the ark at this point in time is open to all. The Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And at this point in time the door is wide open. For all who want to come. But there will come a day. When the door will be shut. I really believe God is asking us today, what are we doing in the meantime? Are we working to build the ark? Are we working to glorify him? What are we doing with our life? Noah was a man of faith, of strong faith. 
it says here that his faith was so strong that it, uh, it says by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. His faith was so strong that the way he lived his life alone was condemning to those around him. Not that he was preaching that you're, you're all going to hell. Not that he was telling people that, but he lived his life in such a righteous way, an obedient way to God. And if there's anything that I've learned, it's that righteousness will always reveal unrighteousness. Because there's such a contrast. And that's what the scripture is saying, is that Noah drew such a contrast from him in the world that it was condemning to those who looked at him. His faith was so strong. He was mocked. Uh, people don't like to be condemned by anything. So I can imagine he was resented. He was probably hated by many. But he remained faithful to what God was asking him to do. Amen. This, the building of the ark is not an easy task. It's not a task that that people are going to agree with and, and support across the board. It's not a task that, that, will, that people will take kindly to. People will criticize. People will, will judge. People will make assumptions about things. Are we willing to be faithful when those things happen? Are we willing to have that level of obedience because at the end of all of this, the Bible teaches us in Genesis that the waters subsided, the ark came to rest. Noah and his family came out, and they found themselves in what I'm going to call a place of salvation. The storm was over, the flood subsided, they were freed from the ark, and walked out into a whole new realm of creation. If you want to mirror that for us, there's going to come a day when the waters are going to subside. The flood's coming. Things are going to get ugly. That's why we need to build the ark. But at the end of it all, when we come through on the other side, we're going to walk through his gates of glory in heaven. And I want to take as many people with me as I can. We're going to walk into a new heaven and a new earth. We are going to see things that our mind can't even begin to comprehend. We are going to spend the rest of eternity, which, by the way, never ends, so there really isn't a rest of eternity, worshiping God, living in, living in, a, living in perfection, living in glory where he wipes away every tear from our eye, where there is no more sin, there is no more suffering, no more dying. I'm going to close with this story. There's a comedian, he's a secular comedian. In fact, he's a pretty well-known atheist. Um, I can't remember how to, I can't remember, I think it's Penn and Teller, I think that's his name, or his group, his work together. Anyway, he, had, he released a video a number of years ago, and I came across it, and he, he was, he, he made a point that hit me hard. He talked about this guy, this, this guy who had a heart for evangelism, who came to his shows, would wait for him after the show just to tell him about Jesus. 
And, and he said this guy was persistent. Unfortunately, he, he also goes on to say that he, he has not accepted Christ. But he, to the camera, says, this man was so convinced about what he believed, and he believed it was something that was going to save my soul, that he, it, it was so important to him, and my soul was so important to him, that, that he, had, he felt this dire need to share it with me. He goes on to say, how much do you have to hate someone, hate someone, to have that type of hope and keep it to yourself. That hit me like a Mack truck. He, he didn't say, how much do you have to be selfish? How, how self-centered do you have to be? He, he said, how much do you have to hate someone? Hate's a strong word. But, but I think in, in this context, it might actually be accurate. Because to, to not share Christ with somebody is to essentially say you are perfectly fine with him going to hell. If we believe Jesus is the only way, why aren't we telling people he's the only way? This, this is a, a challenge for you. It's a challenge for me. It's just a challenge for us as a church. Do we really, I feel like God wants us to ask ourselves, do we really believe that he is the only way? And are we willing to build this ark? And are we willing to reach out to those around us? Would you stand with me this morning and bow your heads?